Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Bulldogs head to New Zealand and fall short from getting the competition points. There's a lot of talking points though out of that game that could, uh, that left uh, me scratching my head. I don't know about you, Matt, how, how you felt about that. Uh, but how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? You're good, good. I've flown in from Queensland, I've heard, to get this <laughs> done. Is that correct or is that just rumours being chucked around? Yeah, took a little break, went away for a couple of days over the weekend, but back in uh, in wet Sydney. <laughs> it's been overcast and raining since we've been back, but um, nah, good to be back talking to you. Oh, that's so lovely, too lovely. How good is this? Um, let's talk about it, the Bulldogs and Warriors game. I thought the controversy was going to be a lot more heavy, but uh, not much has been really spoken about. Mm. the game too much well i think every every bulldog fan knows what you're alluding to there the uh added for blake turning into an offensive linesman at the nfl protecting his quarterback for the quarterback sneak uh that was allowed to go through by the bunker who would have thought um i think we had a even though we were in two different spots watching it scotty we had a very similar reaction um as soon as it happened uh, i was Say uh, at the TV, I uh, obstruction, give it 30 seconds, this will be called back, no issue at all. Uh, wasn't concerned at all about that try actually standing. Somehow it did, and somehow the head of football comes out and says, um, it's a 50-50 one. He understands both arguments, but uh, I, I don't really get it. I don't know since when have you allowed to be a support player running in front of the player you're supporting, and... Uh, hitting the inside shoulder of a defender that could make an effort. Now, if it was the old rules of 10, 15 years ago of would Reed have stopped the try, I can understand them saying, no, he wouldn't have, then that's a try. But under the rules that we've been playing under for like the last five years at least, uh, he didn't give Reed money a chance. So that's a no try every day of the week. Uh, with you, because I saw it, I was like, I was confident Peter Goff would have seen it. When Peter Goff gave it a try, I was like, you know what, give it, I'm going to give Peter Goff the benefit of the doubt here. You know, the way he was running across, he might have just missed it on the inside happening. Mm. But that's why the bunker's there, right? To avoid the howler. Yeah. And I think almost to a stage, I reckon, not not knowing this, but I reckon Peter Goff would have been looking at that, saw it on the big screen, and oh, Dooley, we've got an issue here. We're going to be calling this up in a second. And please, <laughs> come on, please call in my ear. So I can get the you know get the whistle ready, so I can make the official thing. And then when he's waiting, I'm I'm, I'm sure he'd have been like, "Are you sure, boys? You don't want to take a look at that again for me?" Like <laughs> I've accidentally called this to try. Um, you know, watching you know live, I was watching Peter Goss' reaction. I think the way he was running through, he might have just missed what actually happened on the inside. And that's you know that's what the referees do now. They they think it's a try, they call a try, and the bunker goes back. But yes, does Reed get there? I'm. I'm about 80% sure he doesn't get there. However, does he make a play at the ball? How many times have we seen players turn people into a held-up position or chop at the ball? Yeah, well, you don't even need to have that argument. The question is, was Reed prevented from an opportunity of making a play? 100%. Yes, 100%. So it's no try. No, but you don't even get to that. Of, does, he in, like, does he have a chance or will he make an impact? I reckon he makes an impact because I reckon he would at least have hit Sean Johnson. Now, does Sean Johnson, with that contact, still go over the line and score? You probably think he should. Um, 
mm. in that position. But I'm just trying to think of the game where Mark Nichols chops out the ball against the Broncos at the line. The Broncos were should should have scored, and Mark good old Mark Nichols Mark Nichols sorry chops at the ball makes the ball go free. Mm. That's the that's the thing. What Reed was denied was an opportunity at attacking the ball in that in a defensive position. I thought 100 percent it's going to be a no try. It should have been a no try. I would have been okay if Cameron Serrato went in and said we were robbed, and mm. uh, the match officials should have a hard look at himself. He did. He did went with the complete opposite attitude. I would have been okay if Cameron just going off his nana and just being I don't I can't believe what happened. But he went in with the the cool approach and looks like him and Reed had a bit of a conversation before they walked in and said, you know what, we're not going to blame that. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I wouldn't have blamed him. I think there's definitely bigger issues as well. Um, yes, that's good. That, that was incorrect. The, the suckiest thing about that was that was an incorrect call and there was no point scored again mm. in the entire match. So the suckiest thing about that from a Bulldogs perspective is even though you can't blame that solely for the result, that's the score that put the put the scoreboard at 16-14 and that's where it stayed. So that's that's where it really hurts from a Bulldogs perspective. Before we get into those other issues, uh, the other controversial one or the other one that our friends across the ditch keep bringing up when uh, when we're calling out this incorrect call is that uh, the Violea knock-on. Um, yeah. We're going to sound very biased here it is the Bulldogs podcast, so if, if you think we're sounding that way, you don't like it, switch it off. Who cares? <laughs> um, but no worries, I don't really understand that argument either. That was a clear loose carry. Holding the ball away from his body, looking for an offload. You get hit by a tackle and drop the ball, it's always been a loose carry. So um, that call was correct in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. Really having a kick out coming from behind anyway to make the tackle. Um, you carry the ball like that, you take the risk. It's um, be like if you ran with your arm in a defensive like in a hook, like a hook around your shoulder height, and you've hit people in the head. You run the risk of you're not deliberately trying to hit people in the head or something, but you're still hitting them because you're that's yeah. the risk you run with, with a poor technique. It was a poor technique of running. I know what he was trying to do: offload this way, offload to his outside, offload back to it. You can flick it back into his inside. Don't blame him. Close to the line. Fully have a kick out. Definitely went out towards the ball and the ball carrying arm. But you're going to carry the ball like that. That's, well, you get, that, you, that's the you idea of contact and tackle, you, isn't it? You tackle the ball, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's the idea stop, of contact. Loose ball. You stop the you stop the ball. So tackling the person around the ball is not an issue. Um, again, disappointing. Hard. Disappointing that Graham Mattersley comes out and says you can understand both sides and he's not going to give a ruling on what's correct on that one as well. I thought that was very disappointing that he came out with both those incidents and said that, um, I think both of them were quite clear. Um, there's clearly no rake uh, from kick-out. If you said kick-out did rake at it, and it was a shocking call, the Bulldogs had to score the try off a scrum play, right? Yeah. We could have got the call. I think the call was 100% spot on. I think it was correct. I don't know if... Ben Cummings fought, you know, he might have made the mistake and then fought, let's, oh, you don't want to say it, like even it up. <laughs> but the Bulldogs scored the try off a scrum in their own 10-meter line. 
So even if you said the call was against the Warriors, that was some poor defence for the Warriors on the scrum. Mm. Let the Bulls run 90 metres untouched to score, right? Where the Warriors situation, the incident happens here, the Warriors score off that direct incident. Yeah. There's no stopping the Warriors. The Warriors could have, if they defended well, they would pour in defence, add a car, bang, away, it goes untouched and scores. If they defended well off the scrum, the Bulldogs might not have scored off that play or might not have scored at all for the rest of the game. Mm. So even if you said that was the wrong call, the Bulldogs still, like, and they said that led to a Bulldogs try. Well, talking about running 90 metres, that should not be a given try. You shouldn't be saying just because the Bulldogs ran 90 metres the next tackle off a bad call, if it was a bad call. The Warriors had the chance. It was a poor read, bang, and Anakar was away. Mm. Even if you want to use that argument, that didn't lead to a direct try. The Bulldogs still earned that, had to work for that try. Mm. Um, where the Warriors, Fenor Blake knocks out a defender, Warriors score. A second after it happens. Well, it happens in the same play. But yeah, I, I no, think I'm it's saying- completely, completely irrelevant anyway because of the fact that um, <laughs> it's the correct call. Loose carry, no, no, knock on, just, play on. Yeah, Looked like. Looked like Vilea was playing basketball, dribbling the ball down the field. Mm, no, but that's... <laughs> anyway, uh, the two big concerns, I think, after this game, though, the bigger concerns, uh, probably the two things we highlighted in the last couple of weeks, Scotty, the things that we were starting to get concerned about in previous matches and looking back on the results so far. Um, looks like we're having pretty decent first halves and we're fading away big time in the second half. Now, the second half wasn't high quality at all, really. Um, no, it wasn't. The close scoreline kept the game interesting, I suppose, for any neutrals out there. Um, but from a Bulldogs perspective, um, the the bench rotation seems to be an issue. Uh, is it just that we, we're lacking the depth in the forwards? We don't have enough forwards to, to do a proper bench rotation? Or is it uh, some sort of new trial that Serraldo's doing? Um and yeah, as I said, falling away in the second half of games, we seem to be. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, what's happening, but uh, I was watching another game. I think it was a para game, and they said that the the coach wanted the players to front load their energy. I'm wondering if this is a new trend. Are we front loading our energy into the starter games to make sure that we're in games, but mm. don't have the energy to finish? Them? Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting because I, I heard that saying, and I was like. Um, that's when I was when I heard that. Um, but yeah, it is a, it's a big concern, and the, so the biggest concern I have is how uh, Jaden Tanner played zero minutes on the weekend. I don't think you should go into the bench. I, I there's some games a player, you know, sometimes you can watch a game and you go oh, that player just never got the opportunity to get on the field, and you can kind of understand, and that's fine when you win. Mm. And you can say we just just couldn't get that moment. That was not how we expected that to pan out in the end. And we couldn't just find a spot for him to slide on. But Farmu Brown dislocates his elbow early in the second mm. half. I think off his first mm. touch, off, me- off my memory serves correctly in the second half. Playing as a lock forward, we lose a middle very early. Not saying that Max King shouldn't have come on for him, which he did, to re- return back into the game. But doesn't that mean, wouldn't you think that Jaden Tanner will get more game time? Hmm. 
Should well, he than what he was originally planning? Look, it's not it's not unusual thing to have a player that play zero or or very little minutes. But normally, when you see that in other <clears throat> other teams over years, the other players on the bench um, play big minutes. It's almost like you're starting with fourteen players or fifteen players yeah. to getting starting time and and scraps for the rest. But for Manu Brown played fifteen minutes. Ockenbaugh played yeah. twenty five minutes. And Waddell only played thirty three minutes. So when you got <laughs> you got a stretch like that, you'd expect um, your fourth player to get some game time, uh, but he didn't yeah, get on the field at all. Obviously, Brown had probably had another fifteen minutes in him at least mm. before the dislocation of his el- like dislocated his elbow. But yeah, like you said, Corey Waddell, thirty three minutes. He's the first interchange on, and you know you'd think he'd have wrapped up forty five, fifty in that if Tanner didn't get him game time and Ockenbore. And then the other issue is Dan Ockenbore, the winger, who's playing prop. The winger turned prop. Yeah, not second <laughs> row. They're talking about him going to the back second, row, which is not... Man, he's progressed quickly, hasn't he? A couple of weeks yeah. ago, three weeks ago, he was a uh, he was a winger. Two weeks ago, he was a second row, and now he's into the prop. That's a fast progression into the middle. He's going to move himself to the other side of the field. <laughs> <laughs> Become the opposite winger. I didn't, think, like, I didn't think he did too bad, to be fair. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's an odd uh, it's an odd thing to say um, straight up. So interesting to see what the plan is with with Ockenball going forward. Um, you can kind of understand the second rower type deal. It's kind of harder to understand the the middle forward forward sort of when James deal there. The bench there too. Yeah, middle forward. Yeah. Like, He's just right next to it. Surely there. And then you've got the 18th man, Jackson Toppany. Could he be better utilised? He's got NRL experience. Um, but, yeah. And Jackson Toppany as well. Debuted with 72 minutes or 71 minutes. Mm. Off the interchange bench. Yes, it was an injury. What The Lachlan Lewis knocking himself out early in the Easter clash. But he played 70-odd minutes off the interchange bench as a hooker. Yeah. So, yeah. Minutes, Jackson has played minutes and he's started and he has played full games before and he plays full games constantly in the uh, New South Wales Cup, the knock-on of New South Wales Cup. Um, so he's doing it, does it regularly for the reserve grade. There is mm. no way that he cannot, like he could is more than capable of putting 50 minutes at least on top grade. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, anyway, all of, all of those... Concern. Interested to see how that goes going forward with the bench rotation and uh, hopefully the blog's playing more of the 80 going forward. Uh, took the shine off, uh, well, for us, for me at least, the return to Mount Smart Stadium, the first game in Auckland this year. Great crowd, 18,500 turned up for it. Um, so, so from that perspective, great success and a, a really good, really good event. Well yeah. done to the Warriors. No. Um, before we, not a lot of the new, not not a lot of news uh, regarding the Bulldogs this this week. So before we get into the reserve grade and uh, lower grades wrap up, uh, let's talk about the Cowboys game on Sunday. Yes, yeah, so it's Sunday night, of course. Stadium, our second home game of the year, but it has a feel like it's our first home game because it's where we play majority of the home matches at a core stadium. Mm-hmm. Against 
the Cowboys side, who's I think you know got a bit of uh, similar similar issues to Canterbury, so a few people. Yeah, out. well, we're coming in at tenth there and thirteenth at the moment, but um, tell you what, looking at us and them, uh, very concerning this one. I'm I'm um, quite concerned about what might happen. Um, yeah, the Cowboys haven't had the greatest form, um, but they have beat the Titans, and the Titans, uh, their early two wins were against the West Tigers and Melbourne Storm. Does that ring a bell, anybody? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also Storm the Titans the West Tigers. suffered an injury to Kieran Foran and AJ Brimson in the first half, that they both didn't <laughs> return to the field. Um, and they were looking pretty good, the Titans, until that happened. And it just felt like it just derailed any real yeah. chance of them actually winning. I'm not saying they were going to win if they both stayed, but it just felt like the mm. chances were just... You saw Kieran Foran go off. You go, no, right, AJ's there. And then two minutes later, I think AJ was on the ground grabbing at his hamstring. I do think um, as well, though, to me, this game's just got to feel it might be the game the Cowboys click. Unfortunately for us, that's what I was thinking too. Because that could be just the game, it's the opportunity. That's what was funny. We haven't even spoken about this before, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking, shit. Um, They're a good side. We know they're a good side from last year. It just hasn't clicked yet. Yeah, and they've had a few injuries as well that's Mm. maybe slowing them down a little bit. I would say, looking at paper, and we'll go. You go for the team list shortly with. uh, both sides with the injuries, like it's definitely a chance for us. I reckon we got a chance to win, but then it's saying that then you know your team with Valentine Holmes, like you know he could have a day out at center. Could so so good felt, did and then Townsend connect. Uh, they they got a strong pack. Jason Tamalolo. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, cross, but like cross, sort of yeah. one of them, it's one of just one of the Cowboys players have a day out. Mm. It's enough to just the, yeah, if you go in current game. form. The Bulldogs should be going in thinking we're at home. It's at Sydney. First game at a core stadium. We're definitely in massive chances. We've got, a, you know, a fan favourite returning. Our bench looks a little bit better with another prop. Hopefully, he might get some game time this week. A prop mm. on the interchange bench will get some game time, hopefully. We we look a bit better. Um, they don't have Scott Drinkwater. He, I reckon he's probably, I might call it, as probably the best Cowboys player, I reckon. Um, in my opinion, I think he's a fantastic player. He's just seems to pop up everywhere. Um, mm. You think, yeah, but then, um, then like you said, like if someone like Valentine Holmes or Jackson Tamalalo or Tom Deedon just flick the switch to on Sunday, it could be the game they just need to flick the switch, and um, mm. you know, Cowboys could win forty by forty points, or they could win by one, or the Bulldogs win by six. That's Jeez, I hope the Cowboys don't win by 40, but uh, I know what you're getting at there. Yeah. All right, let's quickly go through the team list. There has been a few changes this week. Um, it's got you alluded to, but at fullback, it's Hayes, Perham, the Wiggers, and Jacob Carraz, and Josh Addo Carr, Jake Averillo, and Paul Alamotti <laughs> in the centres. The halves, Maddie Burden and Kyle Flanagan. Uh, up front, Max King, Reed Marnie, Ryan Sutton, Back row of Billy Army Kickout and Jacob Preston, Raymond Fatala, Mariner locks the scrum. The bench, Josh Reynolds, has been named for his NRL comeback, um, I will say. I saw an article, Scotty. Little things get my get my goat sometimes. Yeah, First game I mean, for the Bulldogs 
in six years. What about last week? Anyway, that's a Bulldogs match. Anyway, Corey Waddell, Franklin Pele, and Jaden Ockenbaugh finish out the bench. The reserves are Curtis Morin, Carl Olaapu, uh, Braden Burns, Jaden Tanner, uh, and Jackson Topini, who's the 18th man. Uh, they're up against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have the young Tom Chester at fullback. He's done well over the last couple of weeks. Kyle Felt and yeah. Brendan Elliott on the wings. Valentine Holmes and Peter Hickey in the centres. Dearden and Townsend in the halves. Up front, McLean, Robson and Griffin Neem. Uh, Cohen Hess, Helam, Lukey and Jason Tamalolo at lock. The uh, bench is Jake Granville, Mitch, Mitchell Dunn, Jermaine Tanoa Brown and Riley Price, son of Bulldogs legend Steve Price. Uh, reserves, Teluella Sagrugu, Jack Oweski, Filefike, uh, Hampton, and Laybutt. So Liam Kennedy will be refereeing this game. So I think uh, Chris Sutton's been dropped this week after uh, missing a forward pass in the Manly game. No, sorry. He called a backward pass forward. That's what happened. <laughs> so Liam Kennedy gets the call up there. Um, yeah, I feel like we've already touched on it. I think we just, uh, as Bulldogs fans, hope the Cowboys don't click in this game. Uh, we play well in Sydney and uh, those issues we play 80 minutes and um, hopefully for a little bit of a better bench rotation with Franklin Pele on the bench uh, I think that pretty much does wraps that bit up doesn't it yeah I just wanted to say Jackson Topini and if you listen to the podcast probably more than once you know we're both fans mm. of uh, Jackson it feels like he just cannot get off this bloody reserve list He's there every bloody week, and like he never shifts in or out of it, but he just never shifts into an NRL side. Like, it's I'm frustrated for him. Yeah, I'm telling you, I would rather have him than Ockenbaugh on the bench. And not saying that Ockenbaugh hasn't. I think Ockenbaugh's actually done a job when he's required so far, and not taken away from Ockenbaugh. And so actually watching him tackle against the Warriors, I thought was somewhat funny. It was a lot of the time letting them go past and then pulling at their the jerseys and really just grabbing it and ripping, trying to rip it from behind, uh, which almost uh, knocked out a few of the Warriors players with players going everywhere. I think Burton and him got into a bit of a mix-up uh, with, uh, oh, I forgot his name. The Warriors fullback. I've just blocked his name out of my head. Nickel Clockstar. Nickel Clockstar, yeah. Uh, he, almost, he almost lost a head. Because Ockenball wanted to pull him from behind, and then Burton, <laughs> uh, Burton comes flying in, um, trying to make a big hit and trying to make something happen. But mm. yeah, like he's done, like done a job. But he hasn't let anyone down by anything. And I think you know when a player is playing out of position, I'm doing it for the team. Mm. But when you're Jackson Tupini, who I would probably you don't you don't need to. You got Corey Dole who plays middle off the bench. You got Franklin Pele. Um, you then got Josh Reynolds. I don't think you can carry a Josh Reynolds. And if Jane Ockenball, and that's the same with Fahmu Brown as well, if you put him in mm. the mix with a Jane Ockenball. Jackson Topini, I would tell you that I would rather him play prop, yeah. even though I don't think he's one, than Jane Ockenball. And that's because Ockenball is a winger who's trying to turn himself into a second rower. So I don't know. Is there a theory that Topini maybe says a maybe a poor joke every time a new coach comes in because there's been a few new coaches like it feels like Dean Dean Pay was a big fan and then he was gone and then um yeah I think 
I think the joke on the podcast, Scott, was a couple of cats have been uh, run over, unfortunately. There, there it is. But like, it's just, it just boggles me. He's a talented player. He's he's signed again, obviously, like mm. you know, the two year extension. Um, he's constantly on marketing material for the Bulldogs. You'll see him at game day advertising some sort of merchandise item. You see him part of the people, you know, representing the new Bulldogs jerseys. He's almost, uh, he's almost in the leadership group. <laughs> Can't make yeah, sense. like, but like he is though. Like it's that's the funny thing. We laugh about it, mm. but he legit looks, like, you know, like. Oh, it's just, I just don't know what the plan with him is. Like, is it for his development? They're waiting for a second row spot to open. That play mm. longer minutes, and they'd rather him play lower, like longer minutes in cup than playing yeah. twenty and top grade. But then, don't you just do what's best for your NRL side and worry agree, about later? I agree with what you said. He must be. Um, he must have issues with training or. Well, something must be going on that we don't see. But that would really surprise me given how much commitment he's given to the club um, yeah. that we've seen publicly. So if it turned out he was a poor trainer, that would really shock me. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, so just frustrated. With- let's, let's go to the player of the round uh, little segment because we uh, brushed over that pretty quickly. Um, oh, we just do whatever we want when we want. It's our podcast. <laughs> All righty. So one point for me this week went to Josh Adekar, Scotty. He's, yeah, he scored, he scored that try. Uh, pretty consistent performer. Uh, that try was one of the most uh, exciting things of the of the game, which wasn't a, as we said earlier, wasn't the greatest game as far as um, as far as contest goes. But he got that try. He ran for 187 meters on his wing, and and given the fact that only one forward ran for over 100 meters against the Warriors. Uh, that's a pretty damn good effort. It is. He's definitely, yeah, obviously a leader, and our back five do a lot of work. But I, I've decided to give the one point to who I'm starting to really like. Um, Forty didn't play the best in trials, but they're trials. It doesn't matter. Get them, get the rubbish out of the way. I reckon um, in your trials. But I think he's starting to he's starting to warm up to a lot of people. Hayes Perham, who uh, just just more watching him just because he looks like a dangerous threat. He's looking more and more each week that he's going to bust. He's got the potential to bust open a game wide open um, mm-hmm. and leave. It. And I, I reckon he's like a week or two off because he's, he's constantly threatening around. He's like he's dancing quite well. And he's it's like alarm bells come on when he's running the ball. Um, but he did the 20 runs for 179 uh, metres. So another outside, uh, back, you know, going over 100. 36 post contact metres, three tackle breaks, and a line break assist. For Hayes, it just looks. We talked about the Cowboys players that could could really uh, break it open on Sunday. Maybe Hayes is one for us that could break it open on Sunday. What about the Um, storyline of Josh Reynolds? I know we spoke about it, but could Joshy Reynolds be someone who comes off the interchange bench, turns the game on its head, maybe scores a try, and seals the game for the Canterbury? Absolutely. All right. If he scores a try at forty to four, us losing, it'd still be the headline: Reynolds scores in return. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. And for two points, I went with Jacob Haraz. He's in fine form at the moment, isn't he? Uh, took 27 um, runs on the weekend for 197 metres. His work ethic is amazing. 58 post-contact metres. Uh, and also got a try to his name as well. Has anyone told Jacob Haraz, and I'm not saying this as a negative, but you're a winger. He's giving <laughs> some previous old wingers some bad rep. Hmm. He's giving them some bad rep, but I'd, I'd, I'd say someone like Hasmo Magic, legendary winger, look at him and be like, 
why don't you slow down a little bit, eh? Let's put those <laughs> runs down a little bit. Like, um, what a yeah, terrific, terrific player. He's gone from strength to strength um, from the World Cup. Yeah, debut season to World Cup until now second, and like you said before, I think it's a compliment to you. But he, I think he believes he's an NRL player week in week out. He deserves to have that jersey, the number two jersey, is his jersey. Yep. The last, your t- the last year was up in the air a little bit. Yeah, he's making his way now. He looks like he he feels like he belongs. And your two points, Scott. Well, you sit in for one, so it's the fox Josh out of car. I, mm-hmm. Feel like a bit of a bit of a game breaker that try off the scrum. Talk about wingers, you know, more of that should be happening off scrum plays in your own end. When you got someone like the, the speed of Josh out of car standing there, um, but you you rattled out his stats, so we don't have to go through it again. Um, yeah, so that leaves the the list looking like this: <laughs> Max King's leading the season on eight points, Jacob Carras second on seven points, Reed Money third on five points, and Josh out of car who just got a bonus point has got four points. Uh, Hayes Parham on three points as well, and then Corey Waddell and Paul Alamotti also have one point between. Oh, sorry, one point each between them. <laughs> uh, um, the latter. That's at this early stage. That's the full list. Um, New South Wales Cup on the weekend, Scott. We played the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium. We had our first loss of the season, losing that game thirty points to eighteen. Um, I watched this game last night, catching up on it. Um, Pretty disappointing game. Started strong in the first few minutes. We scored the opening try. A good run by Cal Olaapu. Uh, and when he scored a try that easily in the opening minutes as a half, running that close to the trial, I thought, oh, yeah, big day here for the Bulldogs. Uh, coming wasn't to be the case. The Warriors hit back with two quick tries, easy tries of their own, really, to make the score 12-6. And the rest of the first half was a bit of a battle back and forth to the end. Um but in the second half, with the Warriors leading 30 points to 18, I felt like they gave the Bulldogs every chance to score tries in the last 10 minutes, but we were just unable to do so. You know what I want to say? I actually see a positive in this. And my positive was, I've I got a high standard for our New South Cup side. I think they've been outstanding. I still think they're the best team in the, the competition, even after a loss. They were so rubbish, and I think they'll be the first to say they're rubbish, that they still got within 12 points. Because mm. I was thinking at one stage, geez, the Warriors could have scored a few more tries in the second, early parts of the second half. I think Braden Burns being sin-binned, I thought that was a very harsh call. I thought he was... <laughs> I genuinely thought he was... Maybe it's my blue and white eye. Um, I think Braden thought it was a pretty harsh call too. Yeah, no, he didn't believe it. I think he was going to stand <laughs> fill at one stage um, and just be like, do you want to reconsider that call? So, mm. um, I felt like he just made the tackle... And they said he was holding on. I didn't think he was at all. I think he was just trying to make finish a tackle and he got into a fight that he wasn't even doing anything for. Um, like, you know, he wasn't yeah, doing that, wrong. That Warriors player grabbed onto the collar of his shirt, punched him in the face three times. <laughs> and but no sin bin for the war. Like, it wasn't like, you know, if you, you, know, you punch him in the face, and if they could say, oh, you know, you held on, so you're going for the bin, professional foul, but you got you punched someone, that's a bin as well. When they first brought in the rule that you throw a punch, you to automatic sin bin. There was a few people throwing... Um, Open hand punches, I call them. Not slaps, but open hand sort of punches. Oh. And it took took a while for the referees to get onto it. And now if you do that, you automatically send me two. They count it as striking. I think grabbing the the, shirt, the collar of a player and then punching off that hand is probably the next thing the referees need to start looking at. Yeah, no, 100%, because they hurt. I've been shirt punched. 
Not pleasant. <laughs> not pleasant. I, I don't think sometimes it's really accidental, but still, they hurt. Um, yeah. No, so I thought it was very harsh and I thought it was a big call, but my positive for the Bulldogs was the completion rate was rubbish and they still was within 12 points of the Warriors, who I think the Warriors have always been a strong when they're in the New South Cup. Um, yeah. Always had a strong side. They should have a strong side. There's no reason they shouldn't have a strong side. But I think if the Bulldogs played at the best, I think the Bulldogs would just too, would be too good for the Warriors. So I'm not overly too con- like concerned. Mm. Could be a case of a young side learning how to travel and play as well. So. Yeah. And then um, Jarrell Skin was out. Yep. Um, yep. Eli Clark was out. Like They were two superstars against the Tigers. I think Clark actually played. I'm sure he was out. I'm sure Blake Wilson was playing. In, in his oh, team. yes. Sorry, Blake Wilson. I got confused. Between yeah, the but two. both of them look very similar, by the way. <laughs> they do look very similar. Um, why, yes. Yeah, no, I thought Blake Wilson, by the way, plays incredible. I'm a fan of him and Eli Clark as well, and it's you know a bit of a headache because yeah. they just run really hard for wingers. But yeah. Eli Clark starred against the Tigers. That's a fair core. People who were at Belmore will tell you that. Gerald Skeeton is always involved in everything at the Bulldogs New South Cup level. Yeah. He was there. Jackson Topini was elevated to 18th man. He's a superstar. Um, at one stage, uh, Billy Sarikas couldn't get himself stop getting hurt. A couple of head, yeah. head knocks in the first half. Like he just was just in the wars, uh, poor big Billy, um, struggling. Um, so there was a few actual outs across across the Bulldogs who, you know, would normally play, um, who played the week before, across the lineup was out. Um, mm. And the bench was very different to what it normally is. Um, so, I mean, I know it's hard to say what it normally is because this was cup level, but there were a lot of changes. They they didn't complete. They didn't give themselves much of a chance. I mean, the last 10 minutes, the Warriors were inviting the Bulldogs back to say, come on, try to level it up, eh? Let's make it interesting for the fans who are here. Um, and the Bulldogs just looked like they were out of gas. So it I think like it was more, tr- we'll, we'll let you win. It was almost it felt that yeah. way. Um, the Warriors, that, that would be what the Warriors would be saying. We need to finish off games better than 10 minutes. And the yeah. Bulldogs would say, at one stage, we're completing at 50%. That's mm. the second half. That's just absolute rubbish. So that's the positive I'm saying. The Bulldogs were still in the game. Despite yeah. them would probably say that was a, a one out of ten performance, really. Well, that was another, rubbish for the standards. Another positive is that we hold on to our first position, so we're still first in the New South Cup. Uh, and this weekend we travel to Henson Park to play the Newtown Jets in the Battle of the Blue, uh, and they're coming in second. So what a game! So if you're free on Saturday, um, you'd be in worse places than Henson Park at three pm. Oh, what jersey would we wear? We're gonna ask oh. the Jets to wear a different jersey. No, we'll no, they'll, like they'll wear their royal blue. We'll wear our our white with blue V, like we always do. Oh, I was just gonna say that we just look like them, a little bit. Oh, if, if we wore our away jersey against their home jersey, yeah. especially this year, for sure. Okay, so that's that's the New Cup level. Uh, we'll go into the junior wrap wrap up now and go through the competitions that played on the weekend and who they're playing this weekend. And Scotty will give us the ladder. So we're starting off at the uh, SG ball competition. And the reason for it is because we also played the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium. But unlike our NRL and some of us cup teams, we got the win 26 points to nil. Uh, Jonathan Sewer got a try double there at Mount Smart. Next week, we play the Penrith Panthers in Arndell Park at HE Labutt Field. Uh, 
the home of the Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles. Yeah, stuff. Stuff mainly in Blacktown Workers. That's what yeah, I'm kind of saying. Not sure what's going on there, but um, we are we are playing Penrith there. So where are we in the SG ball? We're top of the table, coming first. We've only the one loss. And there's only one round left, so uh, finals football guaranteed there. Moving on to the Tasha Gale Cup. Uh, on the weekend, the Bulldogs had a great win, 56 points to nil over the Cronulla Sharks at Cronulla High School. Uh, Lydia Fussy was scored a hat-trick at centre. Next week, we play the Parramatta Eels at a cool stadium at 2 o'clock. That's a big one. Um, sitting in first, so the top of the table, Asha Gale girls, 2 o'clock kickoff at Core Stadium, get there early and uh, yeah. watch a, a rivalry. Hey, where are we coming? First. I said that. First. Was the first oh, thing. sorry. Yep, we're, we're sitting sorry. first. The top of the table, like the SG ball. And Tasha Gale know what's happening. This one's going to test, Scotty. Uh, the Ron Massey Cup last weekend. We played the Cabilty Silk Tails at Churchill Park in Fiji. And unfortunately, we went down in that one, 44 points to 10. A big win for the Fijians. Uh, next week, we've got the bye. So two points there. I think that will be our first two points in that competition. Uh, so bye in round three of the Ron Massey Cup. After losing our opening two games, yes, we. Well, I did see the loss, unfortunately. But we'll talk. We're making around before, and uh, talking about you know traveling to to Fiji in that competition. Oh, yeah. I'm just struggling to pull up the ladder. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm just about to get it, and we're sitting ninth, as I was expected to be. Out of, out of nine. Out of yeah. nine teams. That's what I was yeah, expecting, yeah. but I just wanted to double-check just for the for and against. Still early in the season, so uh, hopefully we can bounce back into that competition. Okay, and the rest of the grades last week also had a buy. The Harvey Norman Women's Premiership had a buy. So did the Jersey Flag, and so did the Harolds Matthews. So we'll get the uh, updates for the ladders one by one, starting off with the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, Scotty. So they also played a course standing before. The game, NRL. Yep, yep. So just, to, just to put that down, so triple header, the two girls yep. teams leading into the NRL. I think that uh, game's about to... that game's about twenty to four against the Wendell for Magpies. Um, so third in that in that competition in the Jersey flag. Uh, this weekend on Saturday we play the Cronulla Sharks at Pointsbet Stadium, uh, coming off a bye in that competition. And sitting on top of the table. There we go. Very good start in the Jersey flag as well. And the last competition is Harold's Matthews Cup. Uh, as I said, we had the bye last week. This Saturday, we play the Penrith Panthers again at H.E. Laybutt Field. And now, from memory, this was the one where we were sitting on the on the team of the eight. Scott, how are we looking? Harold's Matthews? Yeah. We're sitting top of the table. Is that right? That is... We've apparently... Us and the Panthers are top of the table. That can't be right. We were... Six wins, one loss. Well, we lied like two weeks ago. I felt like it was, but in, Harvard, in the Harold's Matthew Cup, we're sitting first. There you go. Against the Panthers, and the Panthers are sitting second. Oh, it's the SG ball that we're seventh. SG ball oh, is seventh. I that's think my apologies. I actually clicked the wrong So SG ball, yes, we're seventh. I might have so, just okay. actually said that as the um, 
Yeah, so Harold's Matthews were first, so guaranteed spot in the finals there. In the SG ball, uh, looking at it now, we are in seventh position, uh, and we take on... In round nine, um, as I said a little bit earlier, we take on the Penrith Panthers, so that could be a, a will to. It's yeah, it's going to be will to. Um, no, I'm just looking at the other ladder. That's guaranteed final spot, ladies and gentlemen. The Bulldogs made the finals. <laughs> in eighth spot, the Steelers are on nine points, but the Sharks are in ninth on six points. So no one from outside the top eight can get to the top eight of the SG ball. So that means we're in the finals of both those grades. But how could that be? The at Blacktown, the home of the Blacktown Workers Seagulls, the Panthers versus the Bulldogs, and those two grades. If you're around the Blacktown area, Western Sydney, is that Saturday? Yeah, tell you what, I was looking at the draw of these competitions uh, earlier today and thinking, man, they're stretching the Bulldogs fans' feet. We're playing at Cronulla, we're playing at Henson, we're playing at Ardell Park and uh, at Homebush over the course of the weekend. So uh, if you can get to more than one of those, congratulations to you. Yeah, that's if not, we'll at least see you on Sunday night at 6.15 to play the Cowboys in the NRL. 